Hey, guten Morgen. Guten Morgen. Hey, good. Do what Midas touch is doing. Jump back down, Cohen wins. Um. <laughs> Gives it and surrenders to Michael Cohen like cowards. He is. Michael Cohen at mm -hmm. his deposition in connection with the New York Attorney General's civil fraud case against Donald Trump, which is now in day five of trial. Michael Cohen showed up to his deposition, but Donald Trump is too cowardly to show up to the deposition noticed by Michael Cohen in the $500 million lawsuit that Donald Trump filed against Cohen. You heard that right, folks. Donald Trump has surrendered. Donald Trump has dismissed the federal lawsuit he filed against Michael Cohen because Donald Trump was too cowardly to do what you just saw Michael Cohen do, which is Donald Trump was too cowardly to be deposed. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, and folks, this is big. I couldn't be prouder of my co-host from the Political Beatdown podcast, Michael Cohen. If you follow the Political Beatdown podcast here at the Midas Touch Network, subscribe, by the way, or Political Beatdown, wherever audio podcasts are available. I've been saying there is no way that Donald Trump is going to show up for that deposition that was noticed by Michael Cohen. You'll recall Donald Trump was the one who filed the lawsuit against Michael Cohen back in April. Trump used it for fundraising. Donald Trump sued Michael Cohen for $500 million, and Michael Cohen did what you expect a litigant to do who is sued for any amount of money, especially $500 million. Michael Cohen fought back. Michael Cohen filed a motion to dismiss and then immediately propounded, sent discovery to Donald Trump. Trump's the plaintiff in this case. So if you bring a case, you better be ready to litigate that case. But we know that Donald Trump just abuses the judicial process like he abuses everything in his world. So Michael Cohen said, okay, bet. I'm going to send a deposition notice. I'm going to propound discovery requests and interrogatories and respond. I'll see you for deposition. Trump blew the first deposition date several months ago. We've been covering each one of these steps here at the Midas Touch Network. And Trump's lawyer actually 
argued this. Trump's lawyer argued that it would be embarrassing and harm Donald Trump's reputation if he had to be deposed before the November 2024 election. The federal judge in the Southern District of Florida, where Donald Trump brought the case, rejected that argument and said, no, you got to pick a deposition date. And so deposition dates were chosen. And every time we got to that deposition date, there was one back in early September, Donald Trump would come up with another excuse. Like early September, he said that he had a new lawyer, one of his criminal defense lawyers, who needed to be there so Donald Trump could invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in a case that Donald Trump filed against Michael Cohen. So the court's like, fine, I'll give you one more try, but things are getting serious right now based on your repeated pattern of abusing the judicial process here. So the federal judge in the Southern District of Florida said October 3rd, and as we got to the October 3rd deadline of the deposition of Donald Trump, Donald Trump came up with another excuse. <laughs> Remember his excuse? He then said that he was going to attend each and every day of the first week of the New York Attorney General civil fraud case. Donald Trump said that he was indispensable and had to be there at the civil fraud trial. Well, Donald Trump left it lasted two and a half days. Two and a half days before he whined, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here, is what he said. You don't believe me here. Play this clip of Donald Trump whining and saying that he's stuck here. Play the clip. But I'm here, stuck here, and I can't come back. I'd rather be right now in Iowa. I'd rather be in New Hampshire, South Carolina, or Ohio, or a lot of other places, but I'm stuck here because I have a corrupt attorney general that communicates with the DOJ in Washington to keep me nice and busy because I'm leading Biden in the polls by a lot. That's all this is. This is election interference. They made up a fake case. They're fraudulent people. And the judge already knows what he's going to do. He's a Democrat judge. In all fairness to him, he has no choice. He has no choice. He's run by the Democrats. I know this city better than anybody knows this city. There's nobody knows it like I do. He's a Democrat judge out of the clubhouses. He's controlled, and it's a shame. What's going on here is a shame. And other than that, you had Donald Trump just attacking the judge, attacking the prosecutor. Play this clip. 92% of people who have tingling or numbness in hands or feet are missing the warning signs of decaying nerves. An urgent message to anyone who suffers with tingling and numbness in their feet and hands. This discovery can finish the... This is a judge that should be disbarred. This is a judge that should be out of office. This is a judge that some people say could be charged criminally for what he's doing. He's interfering with an election, and it's a disgrace. Thank you very much. Mr. Trump, why do you want to be here? But here's the thing, why I wanted to show you those clips. And to me, the importance of what Michael Cohen did. Michael Cohen did not back down as Donald Trump relentlessly tried to wear him out. Donald Trump did not attend the trial for the full week. Michael Cohen was, Michael Cohen was going to call Trump out again. And then Trump voluntarily dismissed the case against Michael Cohen. Here it is. Donald Trump is trying to dismiss it without prejudice 
which I'll explain to you in a minute what that means. And it says plaintiff, and he calls himself the president of these filings, which is just absurd. We do a motion to strike. Plaintiff Donald Trump, by and through undersigned counsel, hereby gives notice that pursuant to Rule 411A1 sub 1, is voluntarily dismissing the action without prejudice. And then Donald Trump's thing is, well, if it's with prejudice, then I can't file the lawsuit again. But without prejudice, I want to refile this lawsuit in the future. So Donald Trump comes up with an excuse after dismissing the case because he was too cowardly to show up for the deposition. Let's be clear what went down. Donald Trump surrendered. And now Michael Cohen is going to have the opportunity to seek massive sanctions against Donald Trump. I want to see Cohen sue Donald Trump now. I want to see Cohen seek massive sanctions against Donald Trump. And for all Donald Trump has put Cohen through, I want Cohen to go on the offense. I'll speak with Michael Cohen, by the way, later today, and I'll get his feedback about what he thinks. He's my co-host, of course, again on the audio podcast, Political Beatdown. Make sure you subscribe there as well. But what was Donald Trump's statement? Oh, his his, his spokesperson put out an excuse saying that because of Columbus Day and that Donald Trump will be in New Hampshire, that Donald Trump can't attend the deposition, so he's going to dismiss it without prejudice, and then he mocked Michael Cohen and called Michael Cohen a proud felon in the statement. Well, you are such a coward. You are such a traitorous, treasonous, you know what, Donald Trump. And I want this to be a lesson for anybody, anybody who has to deal with Donald Trump. And we say it time and time again here at the Midas Touch Network. Stand up to him. Stand up, because he is as weak as you can be. He is weak. All of the frantic ranting and raving and throwing his hands and the hissy fits are the temper tantrums of a petulant child. Call it out the way Michael Cohen did and Trump surrenders. Trump gives up each and every time like the coward traitor he is. He is a loser and the biggest loser in world history, and he just surrendered to Michael Cohen. Great work, Michael Cohen. Donald Trump dismissed his case against Michael Cohen for $500 million. Michael Cohen's now going to seek sanctions, and I hope Michael Cohen sues Donald Trump. We'll keep you posted as we learn more here at the Midas Touch Network. We'll give a thanks to uh, Michael Cohen. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, and you can support the growth of this network. Um, you know what? Support the Political Beatdown podcast by going to patreon.com slash political beatdown. Patreon.com slash political beatdown. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. I am a primary care physician. I'm frustrated and it is not what I signed up for. I'm tired of our sick care model. I'm not choosing not to participate. I got in this to help people get well, harm them, protect them, lead them, 
teach them that's not what I'm seeing in the healthcare system. I'm choosing to take a different approach as a doctor for the sake of people that are relying on us to teach them how to be healthy. Someone tell me why. Why is it? Why don't doctors tell you to take something as simple as magnesium instead of a stool softener, knowing that the stool softener dehydrates your bowels? Why don't doctors tell you to take D3 in the winter? Because you can't get it from the sun. It's gone, depending on where you live in the country. And it radically improves the immune system and impacts your sleep. Why don't doctors tell you to change your diet? You know, when you're having heartburn or indigestion, your body's literally revolting against you. Instead of giving you something like Prilosec or Nexium, knowing that studies show that they're linked to kidney failures and osteoporosis. Why don't doctors tell you to focus on herbs or certain foods to heal? Why don't doctors tell you to lower the toxic chemicals that are inside of your house, knowing that it's 100 times more toxic in your house than outside? That might be causing you your constant headaches or your allergies. All the fragrances and chemicals and the toxic buildup that gets into our cells are what's creating these things. Why aren't you informed by your doctor that if you eat something as simple as a grapefruit every day, that it'll support lowering your blood pressure naturally and you don't need or might not need a medication? That's why a person that's taking a blood pressure drug can't take anything with grapefruit in it. The same thing applies with a blood thinner telling people they can't eat green food. Why don't you just eat the green food? Why doesn't your doctor tell you to take something like an activated charcoal because it just soaks up toxins? For like your headaches or maybe you're bloated or you have skin problems telling you that your gut is backed up or you have, you know, some kind of food poisoning because activated charcoal bonds those and removes them from the body. It's real simple. Why don't doctors tell you to use herbs or herbal teas to manage your pains or support your immune system or support your digestive function, knowing that these different herbs can help your organs? Proven. I have a lot of science on it. Why don't doctors... Instead of suggesting you to take a prescription drug, why don't they give you something as simple as a probiotic every single day to help support your gut health and your immune health, knowing that we have all these friendly bacteria inside of us that need help? Why don't doctors create diets and lifestyle plans for patients instead of offering pills? When we know that over 90% of disease is due to lifestyle, why don't we spend the majority of our time trying to prevent disease instead of treating it? Why don't doctors tell you to take something like a supplement to support your health prior to becoming sick? When we know that supplements and herbs can help prevent these things, why don't doctors teach you to manage your emotions? Because that stress, that anxiety is going to lead to physical bodily damage and the strain that you're under can play a significant role in your overall health. Why don't doctors take a real role in helping people be healthy in their lives? Does it make sense to me? Why aren't we helping people get healthy instead of taking care of them after they get sick? I think it needs to change. I believe that real health is possible. I believe that you're the solution. I believe that the greatest doctor in the world is inside of you. We're just messing it up. I believe it's possible for you to live good. We're just not getting the right information. If you need help with it, there's a link. I'll post it up for you. It's my book. It breaks it down. It's an Amazon bestseller. I'll send it to you for free right now. Just cover the shipping. And it's my answer to this broken sick care system that we have that as a doctor, I'm choosing not to participate in. As my wife is a nurse, choosing not to participate in. We want to be at the top of the hill telling people don't go down the hill because you don't know how to ski and it's a double black diamond. As opposed to standing at the bottom of the hill with an ambulance, picking them up after everything's broken, damaged, start warning people before it ever happens. If you go to a doctor and you pass all the tests and you pass the physicals, there's nothing they can do for you. They tell you to come back next year. You can only participate in the system if you are sick. That's backwards. That's sicker, not healthcare. Want to do something about it to help you experience real health.
So there's a free book there. I'll send it to you. You don't have to go buy it on Amazon. It's uh, you literally cover the shipping. As a bonus, I'll get you the virus guide in your email as a follow-up as well. Just cover the shipping of it, of the book, and then I'll send you the virus guide because it's just a time to know when to, how to prevent it, what to do during it, what to do after it, or to detox, and an audio version. So you can just simply get that. Those are bonuses for it. But it's a solution. It's a, it's a guide for you to be the solution for a broken sick care system. And where are the doctors standing up for what we, our career path? Help people. They're sick. Stop them from getting that way. Get to the cause of it. Don't just leave them on the drug the rest of their life. We can do better. We need better information. And it's one doctor doing something about it. So appreciate you guys. Snag a book if it'll help you. Go make it a great day. You might as well. You're never going to get it back. When you shop Wayfair, you can't help but show off. It's impossible to keep the deals to yourself. We saved so much with Wayfair. We've got the bargain. Wayfair, show off your big deal. Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. We've been covering the civil fraud case against Donald Trump brought by the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, on behalf of the people of the state of New York. Donald Trump showed up for two and a half days of trial yesterday at lunch. He basically fled back to Florida after whining and complaining and having a gag order imposed on him because he threatened Judge Arthur Ngoron's law clerk. What is interesting, and I did a hot take with Michael Cohen about this, but I want to see if there's any developments as well, is that in the $500 million federal case that Donald Trump filed against Cohen, that Donald Trump so desperately tried to avoid Having his deposition taken, Donald Trump and his lawyers represented to the magistrate, Judge Torres, and to the federal judge presiding over that case in the Southern District of Florida. Trump would be in the New York Attorney General's civil trial the entire week. So Donald Trump, wow, lied again, it turns out, to the federal judge in the Southern District of Florida. Michael Cohen, you spoke to me yesterday and said that you and your lawyers may bring that to the attention of the judge in the Southern District of Florida that Donald Trump misrepresented. Where do we stand there and where do we stand with Donald Trump's position that you're ready to take on October 9th? Is Donald Trump complying with any other aspect of that deposition date? Well, the funny thing when it comes to that, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, Judge Torres in the Southern District of Miami already knows that Donald has returned to Florida. It was clearly all over the news. You can't miss it, including the front page of so many different newspapers. So uh, I have spoken with my counsel, and right now they are um, working on some documents within which just to advise the court uh, of this issue. But truth be told, we're not even really interested in what would happen based upon Trump's disinformation or lies uh, to the court about his necessity of being here in New York for this AG trial. Rather, 
what we're looking for is come Monday at Donald appears for the deposition pursuant to the court order, which would be the third time that it's noticed for his deposition. As of right now, all indications are that he will be here in New York uh, for the deposition. But then again, uh, that's just speculation. Clearly, uh, you'll find out we'll be talking about it live again on Tuesday in terms of some of the outcomes of this um, of this deposition. And, you know, uh, my suspicion is really that he does not want to either sit for this deposition. And I can assure you, he certainly does not want to sit um, for this specific New York Attorney General trial. He doesn't want to take the stand, despite the fact that he regularly states that he does. Um, how many times have we heard where Donald wants to take the stand? I would do it, but my lawyers have advised me not to. If that's the recommendation that he's getting from his counsel and has three of them here, if that's the joint recommendation of his counsel, I personally hope to God that he starts to listen, even though I call them the C team. That would be the best advice that anyone could give to him, simply because when the guy speaks, he implicates himself. Truth be told, in this specific case, you don't even need him to implicate himself. There's more than enough documentary and uh, testimony to do that for him. My personal opinion is that he's already thrown his hands up in the air, and he knows that he is going to lose this case. Right now, all he cares about is trying to preserve uh, his rights on appeal, knowing that the case is not going in his favor. All he's thinking about now is how to make this into some sort of a political circus, how to somehow figure out how to continue to fundraise off of this um, trial, and most importantly, how to attack witnesses like myself so that one, maybe something comes out that he might be able to use in this $500 million lawsuit against me, or that he could use as um, some reason that the appellate court should overturn uh, whatever Judge Ngoron's ruling is going to be. Right now, he's not thinking about anything except for the appeal. I mean, I know exactly what's going on in his mind. And he threw his hands up in exasperation yesterday. Um, we all, anybody that knows him already knew that he's basically fed up. He's had enough of this case. He picks himself up, he gets back onto his plane, and he runs back to his safe place. Right? He's running back, so to speak, he's running to his mommy, which is really Mar-a-Lago, and all of the sycophantic fools that are running around the place calling him Mr. President, and every time that they you know, that he walks into the room, they all get up and start to cheer and clap for him. That's what he needs. He needs the accolades of the crowd. He wasn't getting it here in New York, and he for sure wasn't getting it in the courtroom. So what does he do? Pick himself up and flee, like the, um, you know, like the coward that he really is. He lasted two and a half days in a courtroom yeah. where people who are litigants to cases, it's work, you have to sit there. He represented to a judge that a federal judge presiding over the case where he sued you, and it was indispensable 
is what his the exact words his lawyers used to the federal judge in the Southern District of Florida, Miami Division for Donald Trump to be there. But he just left. And you mentioned that he's got the C team of lawyers. First thing I want to mention before going into the C team of lawyers is I am increasingly feeling like we may not see Donald Trump ever show up at that New York Attorney General case, period. And he's going to invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, and he's not going to sit there. He's not going to testify. And he basically spent the two and a half days whining so that he could throw up his hands and say, the judge treated me unfairly. I'm not going to get a fair shot, so I got to invoke my Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Judge already predetermined. He thought he was actually going to testify. He testified at a deposition where he did horribly. And he basically said that he's got worthless clauses that allow him to defraud everybody. He claimed he's never like looked at the statement of financial conditions when clearly did. He blamed it on Eric. He said the Saudis will buy his property for anything. He, you know, just basically admitted you know, to I the problem evaluation. Uh, was on the stand today, and the whole issue of his triplex was an issue that came up. Uh, and he then turned around and uh, I think something because I was reading it uh, online in, a, in an article somebody put out that uh, McConaughey stated that Trump did have the final look, review, yep. and approval right on these financial, these statement of financial conditions. I don't remember if I saw it in a, in a paper or maybe I saw it uh, here on my uh, Instagram, TikTok, or my, uh, my Twitter, uh, well, X, uh, as they call it now. I don't even know what to call that, you know, X. Uh, so it's certainly not something that uh, I would think, if you were Trump's lawyer, I don't believe, Ben, that you would recommend to him, knowing who he is as a client, knowing how he doesn't tell the truth, knowing how he either over-exaggerates or puts his own foot in his mouth, that you would recommend to him that smart thing for you to do in this case is to take the trial. He doesn't have to. It's a civil trial. And so uh, if yeah. he does take the stand and he pleads the fifth, Judge and Goron has the absolute right within which to infer guilt. He can infer whatever he wants as a direct result, and that is not an appealable issue simply because he took the fifth. And again, this is a civil case. You know, the fifth is really designed to prevent you from incriminating yourself in, um, you know, in a criminal case, not uh, in civil. So yeah. Goron would have the right to look any way that he wants to at that. You mentioned Jeff McConney, who is Donald Trump's controller of the Trump Organization, or should I say was the controller, because we knew that he testified in the Manhattan District Attorney's felony criminal case against the Trump Organization, where the Trump Organization was swiftly convicted of over a dozen felony counts. Um, McConney, we know from the jury in the case against the Trump Organization, the jury hated him. He thought he was a liar. He thought he was further incriminating himself. They hated him. He was one of the reasons why they came to the guilty verdict. So I knew McConaughey was not going to be helpful 
the Trump organization here. McConney starts off by saying that he got a $500,000 severance to basically mm. leave the Trump organization. He's not gotten paid the full amount. Trump still owes him money, to which McConney says it's contingent. So the New York Attorney General's lawyer said, contingent on what? McConney's like, oh, I don't know, uh, being alive, which, you know, shows you the credibility he has there. And this was the point. Shout out to Jose Paglieri, who's in the courtroom doing some great reporting. I think it's important that we give him the credit for these uh, up-to-date moments. And Paglieri says, while reviewing the contract between the Trump org and the outside accounting firm, Mazers, who Donald Trump's lawyer yesterday spent the whole day attacking the outside accountant, trying to blame them. McConney conceded that the disclaimers, the so-called worthless clauses, whatever you want to call it, lays all the blame on Donald Trump. So the question from the New York Attorney General was, Mr. McConney, so those disclaimers, they placed the burden squarely on Donald Trump's shoulders, correct? To which McConney, Donald Trump's controller, said, correct. Yes. And then um, further evidence was presented of the um, independent accountants compilation report. Ultimately, where the valuations were changed is that there was an interlineation on the top right that says Donald J. Trump to get final review. So ultimately, Donald Trump tries to claim that he knows nothing about these financials, and McConney just basically right there destroyed all the points Trump was trying to make yesterday. And by the way, I think one of the reasons Trump left was, yes, there was a gag order imposed on him. Yes, he had a temper tantrum. But today was the day where damaging smoking guns were introduced to show the wannabe emperor has no clothes, that he's not worth as much money. The whole scheme was presented today. He didn't want to be in court or he was being humiliated with the facts. It tells you a lot about him. I want to get your thoughts on that, Cohen. And then I also want to talk about, though, this uh, motion to stay that Donald Trump's lawyers want to file. They want to stay the current trial based on the judge's partial summary judgment, ordering the uh, Trump organization dissolved. But get there in a moment. What are your final thoughts on McConney? And then I want to talk about how bad Trump's lawyers are for filing this motion to stay late. Again, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So, look, Jeff McConney is not an executive. He was an assistant controller. He worked solely for Alan Weisselberg. I explained this, of course, to the various different law enforcement agencies that question me, and they're trying to understand the structure of the Trump organization, how it works. He's actually a pretty decent guy, McConney, and I don't, he wasn't going to lie. And one of the things that I'm sure he was prepped to do, which is not to drop the boom, but to try to say things in a way that gives Trump some sort of a wiggle room out. Not when you have prosecutors who you have on the side of the attorney general asking very specific and very direct questions. You see, the problem with this C-team of Trump's is that 
they, along with Donald and everybody else that's advising him right now, they all think everybody else is stupid and that they're the geniuses in the room, when in fact it's obvious the other way around is what really exists. The problem that they now have, as you just appropriately stated, Connie's statements are corroborated by probably half a dozen a dozen people that will be called as witnesses, including, you know, they just finished a two and a half day, um, two and a half days of Donald Bender, who's the accountant for Mazers. Two and a half days they had this poor bastard on the stand. I think it's disgraceful, to be honest. Uh, there is not that much information that is necessary. Uh, a lot of it, again, was um, bravado by Trump team for the sole purpose of just making this into a shit show, which is what they want to do. Fundraise off of it, which is what they are doing. And I feel kind of bad for Bender um, being on that for two and a half days. But one thing for certain was Bender explained that whole worthless clause, the disclaimer. And the disclaimer is not for Trump. The disclaimer is for the accounting firm. But basically, what it really says is that this is not obviously an audited financial and that, uh, you know, the information was provided by the client, but it cannot be relied upon uh, because it has not been um, audited or checked by the accounting firm, et cetera, et cetera. I wish I actually had one in front of me. Next time, maybe on Tuesday, uh, I'll have the um, original one in my possession. And we could go through it. But the disclaimer is not anything what Donald or his counsel are claiming it to be. It's just not what it's about. Uh, more importantly, that's not even the basis of the case. He can make just, again, it's a defense that they are already telegraphing that they intend on using. I don't think personally, and I think most pundits that I've seen so far um, believe the exact same thing that I do, which it is not sculpatory for Trump's responsibility or liability in this specific matter. Um, we have some breaking news I want to report right now. This is a scoop from ABC. At months after leaving the White House, Donald Trump allegedly discussed sensitive information about nuclear submarines with a random member of his Mar-a-Lago club. We will be updating you more on that. This just broke. We will keep you posted. And I think there is. You know, Ben, and I, I, don't mean, I don't mean to break in here, but I feel I have to. One of the things that I warned everyone, not just from the House Oversight, but all the way television, I remember sitting with Joy Reid, with Reverend Al, with Ari Melber, with Allison Camrata, but you, you name it. How many people I sat with? And I said, you're all looking at the wrong thing. Okay, yes, we know he has these top secret documents. We know that they have now been taken as a result of the subpoena of the warrant that was executed on Mar-a-Lago. That's not the more dangerous thing that we should all be talking about. What we should be talking about is while these documents were in his possession, who saw them? What did he do with them? Who has copies of them? What they needed to do, and this is the example that I gave, kind of like the game Where's Waldo? They need to they, they need to go back literally the day after he left the White House 
and they need to examine his flight records as to where he went. And then from there, they need to figure out, and this is a full-time, full-time job for not one person, but a whole team to figure out his itinerary, who he met with, and so on, and start to speak to those people about what information that Donald showed them that they talked about, etc. Because the most important thing, the most important thing is not locking up Donald. That will happen potentially on its own. The most important thing is our national security. And who knows who he showed what to and how that information that has been leaked or sold or given away for whatever reason it might be places all of us, places our country at risk. These are the important things that we need to know right now. And the fact that the Biden administration is not all over this, the fact that Congress has not asked for some sort of a hearing, the fact that the DOJ is not pursuing this area, to me, it's abhorrent. There is no reason in the world why they should not know every single place that Donald went. And he, they should not know the names of every single person that Donald spoke to. We do, as a country, need to know exactly who he spoke to, exactly what he showed them. Because this example is what I spoke about two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago, I said, rest assured, Donald cannot keep a secret. Not if he thinks that it could benefit him. Personally, I'd love to know the name of the Mar-a-Lago member because... Chances are I may know who that person is and I may know uh, what that person might have benefited from having that information. This is really no joke. You never know what Donald is going to do. Remember that he doesn't care about the country, doesn't care about the American people, and he certainly doesn't care about selling, giving, whatever it might be, this top secret information to one of our country's adversaries, especially because he's mad at the country, that he wasn't reelected, that he lost to Joe Biden, who he refers to as the loser, even though, of course, we know Biden won. And he's willing to allow the country to get burnt down because of his anger and because of the way that he feels he's been mistreated. To be fair, with the Department of Justice, they are pursuing this and from the outset they have been pursuing all of the people who donald trump may have shared this information with that's how they were able to identify it we're learning about this now because donald trump is filing a motion to try to delay the trial in the southern district of florida arguing that he doesn't have uh, all of the SEPA Section 4 documents, Classified Information Procedures Act documents. Jack Smith doesn't want to share about a handful of those documents, even in a skiff with Donald Trump's lawyer, like the nuclear records, likely because the fear is that you can't even show Donald Trump these documents because of the exigent, exigent circumstances that would be caused the danger and threat he poses. So Donald Trump is trying to get a continuance. He filed a motion to continue trial, acting like Jack Smith has to show him nuclear records again. And Jack Smith's like, no, section four of SEPA says I could request from the judge a summary. I don't have to show all of these documents. That's why I think the timing of this is coming out now. And as the breaking news story um, is hitting the wire, here's what we're learning. And Cohen, let me know if you 
know this individual, an Australian billionaire, um, a member of Mar-a-Lago by the name of Anthony Pratt, who runs U.S.-based Pratt Industries, one of the world's largest packaging companies. In those interviews, Pratt described how looking to make conversation with Trump during a meeting at Mar-a-Lago in April 2021, brought up the American submarine fleet, which the two had discussed before, sources told ABC News. According to Pratt's account, as described by the sources, Pratt told Trump he believed Australia should start buying its submarines from the United States, United States, to which an excited Trump, leaning toward Pratt as if to be discreet, then told Pratt two pieces of information about U.S. submarines, supposed exact number of nuclear warheads they routinely carry, and exactly how close they supposedly can get to a Russian submarine without being detected. In emails and conversations after the meeting with Trump, Pratt described Trump's remarks to at least 45 others, including six journalists, 11 of his company's employees, 10 Australian officials, and three former Australian prime ministers, sources told ABC News. While Pratt told investigators he couldn't tell if what Trump said about U.S. submarines was real or just bluster, investigators nevertheless nevertheless asked Pratt not to repeat the numbers that Trump allegedly told him, suggesting the information could be too sensitive to relay further. ABC News was told by sources. So if you think about there, Donald Trump just gave away sensitive information that could lead to millions of Americans getting killed by revealing our defensive readiness and our defensive posture of our nuclear submarines. But, you know, with respect to Russia, based on our alliances with Australia and all of our secrets are getting out there. And yet the MAGA Republican morons are inviting this guy back to the House of Representatives where he led an insurrection. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, as all legacy media, I know the Republican Party at this point has just embraced this MAGA traitor Putin puppet label. When I'm reading this, and the reason I waited just a little bit, Cohen, to even share all of that with you is I had to read it like 10 times, and it didn't compute in my mind that this could be real. So I went back, I went back, and I said, he shared with a random person at his club our nuclear secrets about how we can defend ourselves to Russia. Imagine what this freaking traitor was saying at Helsinki to Putin. He probably gave the whole game away. Yeah, so Ben, one of the things that I said before, and it's one of the things that I love about political beatdown, and it's something that you and I constantly refer to. You and I do not agree on everything. We're not supposed to. And we can still have a civil conversation. This is what is lacking right now in our government. Two and a half years ago, I'm going to repeat myself on this. Two and a half years ago, I turned around and I made public statements there's no doubt in my mind, Trump has shown and spoken about his top secret uh, documents to others. And it is imperative that our DOJ does something to find every single person that he spoke to and understand exactly what he told them so that we could ensure national security to this country. Two and a half years later, we have an article that corroborates 
my feelings, the belief that I had. We should be further. And when I mean further, I'm talking way further down the line because it is our national security. And there is nothing more important than American security. It is the single first report that the president is responsible for, and that is for the safety of all Americans. That is really the job of the president of the United States. And the administration should be right now pushing to find every single person that this Mandarin Mussolini is speaking to, because I assure you, this guy Pratt is not the one and only, which we obviously know, but how much further down the line did he provide documents, information, national security secrets? We don't know. We truly don't know. And that's the scariest thing, is not knowing. So, Ben, we, we, we lost you in terms of your sound. I want to just go on and say... I was saying things. chills. So, you know, chill, you know I, I, I probably muted it, so I was just screaming and chills. I mean, this is treason. No wonder he says and projects, treason, treason, your treason is your treason. is why he goes, it's all projection, how he goes after General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, goes after his former chief of staff and a four-star general, John Kelly. He goes after his own secretary of defense, Mark Esper, who he calls Mark Esper, because he knows what a treasonous, traitorous person he is, and he's engaged in conduct like that. Do we not always it's, talk about Trump deflection? I mean, again, let's go back to my book, Revenge. How Donald Trump weaponized the United States Department of Justice against his critics. What line is Donald using? He's using how Joe Biden weaponized the Department of Justice against his critic, meaning him, the favorite president, right? So uh, the leading nominee for the Republican Party in 2024. I mean, these are the lines that he's using. Why? Because you're right, Ben. This is where we definitely agree. Not only is he traitorous, the guy is absolutely out of his mind. He knows what he's done. He thinks everybody is as devious as he is. And so instead of accepting it, instead of even keeping quiet, he's deflecting and trying to place all of these negative qualities and traits onto somebody else. By the way, when you talk about, we'll go back in a little bit to the New York Attorney General's case, because I want to just show everybody how badly Trump's lawyers, from just a legal standpoint, screwed this up. I allowing the case to go to trial and not filing the motion for stay moment partial summary judgment was granted against Donald Trump. Now, look, Trump is liable as can be. But his lawyers also have no clue what he is doing. And I didn't want to do a hot take on this in real time because I didn't want to give them the advice of how they were screwing it up. They could have they were competent. They could have said, look, we're dealing with dissolution now. So we need to deal with the trial after dissolution or partial summary judgment. But they didn't do that. The reason I'm just bringing that up now is Mar-a-Lago is clearly not worth more than $100 million. But in Donald Trump's mind, with the nuclear secrets he possessed there, you have to think like the pathological traitor that he is. With all those documents there, Mar-a-Lago in his mind, to the Saudis, foreign interest 
Mar-a-Lago was then worth billions of dollars. Think yeah. about what he's. Yeah, but here's the thing. So let's just disagree in terms of what the actual value is on Mar-a-Lago. Um, you know, is it worth a hundred? Is it worth two hundred? What's the difference? I'll tell you what, it's not worth. It's not worth one point five billion. It's not worth the nine hundred and eighty million that they had on their financial statement or whatever the amount was. And that's the issue. The issue is it's not. It's not that he thinks that it's got treasure in it or it has the the nuclear secrets that's something separate to him he saw mar-a-lago as this magnificent state which it is it is a magnificent estate built by marjorie merriweather post fantastic property but what he does is he conflates everything and that's the whole problem and that's the mistakes that he made and that's the reason that the attorney general has brought this case and more importantly it's the reason that donald left because he knows that there is no way for him to ever ever sit on his you know sit in the stand and to be cross-examined by attorney general prosecutors as to where did this number come from how did you derive 900 plus million dollars 800 million, 700 million. What was the formula that you used? And then start talking to him about various different methodologies that are employed in terms of evaluating or assessing the value of the property. The reason he also doesn't want that is because he doesn't know them. It's funny. That's the funniest part. So the guy with the big brain, the genius, he doesn't even understand the methodology that would be used because he doesn't care about it. That's the narcissistic sociopathy of Donald Trump. You know, it's like, um, it reminds me like, just, it's, I don't know, there's, there's nothing more that I can say on that. He cannot take the stand because the way that he screwed up the last time, the way he screwed up on the deposition in this specific case for E. Jean Carroll will all be nothing compared to the mess he's going to make by taking a stand in this case, especially with this team of prosecutors. I mean, they're really aces. I want to get your prediction, Michael Cohen, about whether Donald Trump will show up to the deposition that you've noticed for October 9th after Trump delayed it. I want to get your prediction if you think Donald Trump is going to return at all to the New York Attorney General civil fraud case or if he's just done with it. And we've got a lot more to discuss as well. I want to remind everybody here that after the show ends, and don't worry, the show's not ending. We've got a lot more show. We do an after show, an exclusive Patreon after show Patreon political beatdown community is growing rapidly. We don't have outside investors. So the way we build this programming is through our Patreon. And one of the features, we have the exclusive after shows, which is like a living, breathing autobiography where Owen has shared his experiences in jail. He's explained his experiences writing a book while incarcerated, bestsellers, two New York Times bestsellers, one while he was incarcerated and one after. He shared his story about how he became a lawyer, his early years as a lawyer before Donald Trump, 
and we also tackled some breaking news on the exclusive after shows. It's a fun way to grow this platform without outside investors. And then one of the features we have there as well is once a month, we'll be doing this in October soon as well. We do a Zoom chat where you can all meet Michael Cohen and you could ask him questions. The last one was great. And then throughout this Patreon, you can send direct messages to Cohen. It's a way that you can chat directly with Cohen me a little bit, but mostly Michael Cohen. Um, and it's a great, you know, Cohen post childhood photos. It's really great and a great way to support the show. Go to patreon.com slash political beatdown, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash political beatdown. Still got a lot of show. Let's take our first quick break. Ben Mizell is here. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver-infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle-Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long, so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. And get this, Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo BEAT at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com beat and use the code beat to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com beat to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Fume. Cold turkey, it may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your wacky neighbor or some sketchy message board. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Now, not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses all-natural delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. 
Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. The first time I used fume, I was shocked at how flavorful and fresh it tasted. Now, it's easy to hold and perfectly balanced and quite honestly, extremely fun to fidget with. The real wood material and sleek design definitely classes it up, and I feel pretty darn cool holding it. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you. Head to tryfume.com and use code BEAT to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com and use code BEAT to save an additional 10% off your order today. Welcome back. We are live on Political Beatdown. You know, first off, I want to thank everybody. So many people are joining this Patreon, patreon.com slash political beatdown. By the way, if you're on the fence about whether the exclusive content on Patreon is worth it, I'll just ask anyone who's a patron, put in the chat, Put in the comments if you think it's worth it. That's how confident I am that we spend a lot of time, Cohen and I, uh, curating it. But, but Cohen, going back to the New York Attorney General case, you are a witness uh, in that case. Donald Trump and his team have already been attacking you. They attack you in the press. They attack you in their opening statement. And we saw with the first witnesses They've spent two, three days on some witnesses. And so the expectation is outside and inside of court, they are going to harass you. It is a huge task have to testify in any case, yet alone one of this magnitude with the level of threats and dangerousness that's coming from the Trump side. So just want to know, as as your friend and i consider us to be very close friends i want to know i i haven't called you up yet since you know some of the news broke today how are you feeling are you getting sleep you know i see you up late at like 2 30 a.m how are you doing sleeping is really tough you know i kind of shared with a lot of um the um you know brigaders here um as well as on my other podcast, on Mea Culpa, the the fact that you know I still suffer um, from PTSD when I was incarcerated and the uh, fifty one days of solitary confinement. You know there are triggers that will wake you up in the middle of the night, and then for me, it's impossible to go back to sleep. This is a whole different level of. I don't want to call it anxiety, but that's, I guess, what it is, simply because I know exactly what Trump's defense counsel intends on doing. They really do believe that by discrediting me or embarrassing me or trying to uh, harass me, that that's going to create some sort of the opportunity for them to be successful in this case. Even if it's not, one of the things that they do know is that by bloodying me up, Trump will continue to raise money 
as he's been doing so far. I saw somewhere that he may have raised close to $40 million since the start of this AG trial. That is astronomical dollars. Astronomical. And who are these idiots that are giving him the money? I don't know. They're the same people that send uh, the nasty text messages, the, uh, the, the nasty social media uh, comments and so on. It's the same group of people. And that's all that this is going to turn into. Where it becomes somewhat um, annoying for me is like I, when I was sitting on the, um, uh, the witness stand for the House Oversight Committee, that's the hearing that everybody got a chance to see live. You have to hold your temper. You have to, um, you know, you have to really keep yourself controlled because if you notice the number of journalists that are currently watching this uh, trial, 